Listening to the Between Two Paddles podcast, brought to you by The Lake & Co., where we believe we're only as good as the company we keep. Lake & Co. is a company comprised of three very different entities, Lake Time Magazine, Lake Bride Magazine, and The Lake & Co. Shop. Lake & Co. is inspired by and celebrates the stories of people doing exceptional things in the North, local, authentic, and inspired. We are an independent, bootstrapped, community-driven, women-owned company built on hard work, enthusiasm, and a whole lot of grit. We are Northerners. Subscribe to Between Two Paddles via iTunes now to continue hearing the stories of these folks. You might just be amazed. We always are. Listen to last week's episode, part one of talking about the Line 3 oil pipeline with Anton Troyer. Go back now and listen to it. There's a lot of necessary info for you to understand what's going on in this episode, part two. So last week we introduced professor, author, and cultural teacher, Dr. Anton Troyer. He helped me understand some questions I had about oil. To be clear, Dr. Troyer has no political affiliation. He says he's just a concerned citizen. He just happens to be a very well-informed citizen. And he also happens to be a member of the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe. If you remember from last week, we talked about how the old Line 3 route cuts right through the Leech Lake Reservation, and that the new proposed route, the Line 3 replacement, from Enbridge would be avoiding the reservation entirely, turning south just west of the reservation and going around it. Well, since the last time I talked to Anton... And as I mentioned last week, a recent decision from Administrative Law Judge Anne O'Reilly recommended that Minnesota regulators approve the Line 3 oil pipeline proposal, but only if it replaces the existing Line 3 in its current location, the one that cuts across the reservation. So the reality is, the political atmosphere of this pipeline now involves the tribe in an even deeper way. I went back to Dr. Troyer's office to talk with him again on how this new ruling affects things. I have mixed feelings about that particular ruling, and um, yeah, it kind of puts everyone in a high-risk, high-reward situation where you can read it a couple of ways. So one would be in accordance with the most recent statement by Enbridge and also the Leech Lake Band of Ojibwe, of strong objection to the ruling. Uh, the reason the Leech Lake Tribal Council is objecting to that ruling is because they had chosen to negotiate a what was to them a more diplomatic solution that would enable Enbridge to get the most important thing they wanted and help Leech Lake achieve the most important thing they wanted. Uh, For Leech Lake, the most important thing was not to have that pipeline go across their reservation, and they negotiated a way so that that would not happen to them. Uh, And for Enbridge, the most important thing for them was to get a pipeline. 
And the line three replacement is not just a replacement, it's a dramatic scaling up and expansion of capacity on that line. Um, I think for Leech Lake that was still a concession uh, because they have claims to the entire 1855 treaty area. Which includes Which the... includes the new route. So the new route technically goes off the main reservation, but is still within the confines of the 1855 treaty area where they have many tribal members who harvest wild rice and things like that. Mm -hmm. But in the hierarchy of priorities, you know, for Leech Lake leadership, it was just a non-starter for them to concede to the replacement of Line 3 with expanded capacity across the main reservation. So for the judge to say, you can't do it through the larger 1855 treaty area, you got to do it across the res or not at all. It basically says all or nothing um, and puts them in that situation. And I think Leech Lake is a little trepidatious about where that lands them because more likely than not, the government agencies are not going to say to Enbridge, you get no pipeline, you're screwed. Right? Leave all the oil in North Dakota. There's no way to get it out or whatever. They're not going to do that. And it makes it more likely that Leech Lake will get the least preferable result. Mm -hmm. When everything is said and done and everyone's reviewed and they make a final determination. Mm -hmm. And that's why Leech Lake's not too happy with the ruling. I think politically the wisest thing to do would be to do what Leech Lake and Enbridge had agreed to. Um, Why do you think the judge recommended the other way? I don't know, and I've heard people interpret it both ways. One, that this was, in essence, a more progressive opinion that said, you know, all or nothing is to give the tribes leverage to say nothing. Hmm. Um, And also heard it read that this person just doesn't give a rip about tribal sovereignty and wanted to throw Enbridge a bone without making them be the bad guys. Hmm. You know, I, I've, yeah. I've, I've heard it interpreted both ways. I really have no way to evaluate that. Huh. This ruling is non-binding, which means its main role is to inform and affect how the PUC, the Minnesota Public Utilities Commission, decides in June. But it's an interesting one. Like Troyer said, it's all or nothing. Either replace the pipeline in the old location or don't do anything at all. If it's nothing, there will likely be a repeal process by Enbridge and this whole process will likely start over. Basically, everything will just get delayed. And if it's all, the construction through the reservation will be going in the face of agreements made between the tribal council and Enbridge not to mention the likely protesters that will surely come, creating an atmosphere reminiscent of Standing Rock. You know, a worst-case scenario is that they um, ignore the negotiations made in good faith by the elected leadership at a place like Leech Lake, ram it across the reservation over the objections of elected tribal leadership and the protest community, and then you get a big protest, and then the law enforcement response bungles the response and you get violence, loss of life, destruction of property, 
bad PR. I don't, I don't think Enbridge wants that result either. Being passionate about controversial topics like pipelines and oil tend to drive people to either end of the spectrum, the all or nothing spectrum. And I think one of the reasons why I find it so interesting to talk to Troyer about this particular issue is that he's not swept away in the passion of it all. He's grounded. And while he is extremely well informed on the facts, his opinions actually seem to be based on a much broader picture, influenced by history and culture and diplomacy. You can make the case either way for, you know, what is you know, the most principled and ethical stance and what's the most practical political route to pursue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, throughout time, <laughs> Native people have had these kinds of quandaries. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't sign the treaty, and there were some tribes that never signed a treaty. Mm-hmm. So... You know, if you boycott all communications, if you don't pursue a diplomatic venue, you risk just getting run over and ignored. Right, you got to communicate on the same level. Yeah, so that's the case for diplomacy that, you know, um, even though Leech Lake would prefer to have no pipeline probably, it's certainly politically suicidal for them to say, sure, go ahead, put in your pipeline however you want. You know, um, they'd be voted out of office, recalled, Immediately. Um, and now, you know, I think for government agencies, too, it, it really raises the specter of um, inflaming the situation on the ground, right? So, like, if there was a diplomatic path, you know, like the one Leech Lake had negotiated, now that will be unacceptable to some people, for sure but it would be acceptable to some people in the Native community, too, mm-hmm. um, as the lesser of evils. Mm-hmm. And if you kind of keep the Native community divided, some are supporting, some are against, then you get less dramatic protest. But if they decide to ram this through Leech Lake straight across the reservation after the tribe said, that's a non-starter, we object, we will never consent to that, then you will definitely have not just the whole protest community, but tribal governments saying, absolutely not. No matter how unpalatable a relationship with Enbridge might be, has in good faith been talking to them and said, here's what we could live with and here's what we cannot. And they're really clear from the beginning. And after all of it, if the agencies say, we know what Leech Lake could live with and we know what they cannot and we have chosen to give them what they cannot live with what does Leech Lake have to lose by fighting that every step of the way nothing, they lose nothing So I mentioned in the last episode that one of the big benefits of the pipeline is that it creates jobs, well-paying jobs, around 4,800 of them to be more specific. 
Now, especially taking into consideration the recent ruling, a large swath of this potential pipeline may be constructed on the reservation, and so that means plenty of jobs for tribal members, right? It's complicated in the jobs arena. Yes, it's a big business operation, and somebody's going to be paid to run the machines, you know, to do the engineering stuff, and to do maintenance and security and whatever. Um, and they'll be paid well for that work. And there are currently some Native people who work for Enbridge and other pipeline companies. Um, and I'm sure they appreciate their jobs. Yeah. Right? At the same time, you know, it's complicated because, you know, in the town of Bemidji, Natives are 22% of the population. On the Leech Lake Reservation, they are a much higher percentage of the population. And the percentage of employees working a Line 3 replacement across Leech Lake might be 1% of the employees. So the fact that there are jobs is true. But who is getting the jobs is a little bit different. It's not because Enbridge does not want to employ Native people. I think actually they do, um, if nothing else, for their own political purposes. Right. It would look good. Because it would look good, and because you buy, literally, buy some allegiance mm-hmm. when you have that kind of arrangement, yeah. right? Um, but for some Native people don't care what a tribal council or their Native neighbors think about who they're working for, and they take the jobs. Others do care and feel a degree of public shaming um, or hating or, or being viewed as a sellout for taking those kinds of jobs. Mm-hmm. So that is one variable that depresses the potential economic benefit to Native people. Mm-hmm. They're just not landing in the jobs, in part by their own choice. Um, in part because that whole relationship's been a little toxic. Mm-hmm. In part because, not all, but some of those jobs are temporary. Um, or because, you know, if you're going to be, you know, working heavy equipment, you're going to be constantly moving. You might be working in an area for a few weeks, and then you've got to move further down the line and further down the line. And if you've got a family and kids in school and things like that, mm-hmm. you just can't do it. Right. That's why a lot of the employees, like out at the and are living in man camps and whatnot, you know, because it requires being displaced from your home, you know, to follow the work. But even if, you know, to me, you look at like 4,800 jobs and, you know, 50 will go to Native people for a period of time, yeah. you know, whereas at a place like Leech Lake, you might have hundreds of people engaged in the wild rice business every single year, not just for a short period of time yeah. in perpetuity. Yeah. So you got to weigh the financial risks and rewards and the economic risks and rewards. And to be clear, it's complicated because there are financial risks and there are financial rewards and there are environmental risks and there are environmental rewards with whatever path you pick. Because nothing is neutral. It takes life to live, and the lifestyles we choose require energy to fuel them. Because part of this pipeline already does and may very well continue to operate across Indian land, 
It is just as much an issue of Indigenous rights as anything else. We all took history class. We know about the broken promises. And partly because of this high-profile situation, like the protests out at Standing Rock, we know that Indigenous communities, even small or poor reservations, can have a great impact on how large companies and governments decide when it comes to protecting the land. When a tribal government says no, and the federal or state government says yes, shameful parts of our history repeat themselves. Through listening to Troyer talk, it's clear to me that he cares deeply about the land, and it's also clear that he's rooted in reality. He's done his homework. He knows what the realistic options are. We are all citizens of this country, and if we want to have an impact, we have to have realistic ideas about what's possible. When somebody's protesting and they have not just the right, but a responsibility to do so, I believe, the talking points should not simply be no pipeline, but we need action on these things. These are the kinds of regulations that we really need. These are the kind of personal, responsible actions that we would like to challenge everybody to do. Mm-hmm. You know, I think ultimately, you know, there, there are a couple of things to talk about. So, so big picture, we need to engineer cultural change. Right. And in the Western world, there's a heavy emphasis on materialism, individualism, and competition. And, Capitalism. Right? And those things sometimes serve well around certain things, and they're sometimes really destructive around others. So we look at individual responsible behavior, and we don't look at a collective responsibility. Like, we all do better when we all do better. But a lot of people don't see it that way. And frankly, every Western religious text and political effort and many of the scientific studies reinforce that. Like, God is given, you know, man is given dominion over the earth and everything here is a tool for our resource and exploitation. As opposed to in some of the indigenous thinking, like, we are not the masters of the web of life. We are part of the web of life. That water really is life and it's not just a metaphor. Like when you die, it leaves your body. And if it's toxic, you die. Some of these realizations are coming, you know, to a larger swath of society, but the channels are kind of separated from one another. Like, whoever's watching Fox News is not watching CNN and vice versa. Mm -hmm. And um, it's hard to really make a connection that will be truly informed and not just politically slanted. Um, But that's where we need to be. And everybody knows that the political pendulum will keep swinging back and forth. So this is a pretty purple state. So they have to be looking at, you know, a 50-year plan for a pipeline. And at some points during that plan, there will be Republicans in charge. And at some points during that plan, there will be Democrats in charge. Mm -hmm. And, you know, something that has some buy-in and agreement from people on various sides is more likely to be sustainable through those pendulum swings back and forth as opposed to something that is just 
onerously one way or the other. Upcoming decisions on if and where the new Line 3 pipeline will be constructed will likely be happening in June. For more information on the process, go to mn.gov PUC slash Line 3. Thank you to Dr. Anton Troyer for not only being willing to speak with me on this controversial issue, but for also being an inspiration for staying upright in his thinking, for staying grounded in his expressions, and for taking the responsibility of being well-informed rather than simply passionate and opinionated. Let us know what your thoughts are on this issue. You can find us on our Facebook page at Between Two Paddles, or you can email me at kim at If you liked what you heard and you want to hear more, subscribe to Between Two Paddles on iTunes or SoundCloud and leave a review. If you want to get in touch with Dr. Troyer, you can contact him through his website, antontroyer.com. That's Anton, T-R-E-U-E-R. This episode was brought to you by The Lake & Co. with music by Trample by Turtles and Lee Rosevere. Keep telling your stories. Until next time. Until next time.